Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. G'day guys, welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. In today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about the word efficiency. Now, in the world of strength and conditioning, the word efficiency, it has two main meanings. But there is a big difference here between what is called efficient movement and energy efficiency. And this is something I find a lot of people, they get a little bit confused with uh, the actual definition or definitions. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about. And I want to help articulate this in a way that you can get more out of the time that you spend in the gym or with your strength training. Because a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't understand what the two definitions even mean and then how to actually apply that to their own training so they get more out of it. So I I am of the opinion and my mindset is, first and foremost, I really enjoy the actual process of training itself. It is quite therapeutic and it is a really great outlet for me in terms of just my mental health. It just, it helps get all the shit out of my system. And then you obviously have the chemical and the hormonal aspect of things as well. The good, uh, the feel good hormones that get released after training. It's really, it's just great uh, for a lot of reasons. But I want to talk about the main differences, as I was saying, about efficient movement and then energy efficiency, and then also helping you establish which one you should be striving for. So if you are listening and you want to develop strength, build muscle, or lose fat, you need and should be striving for efficient movement with an inefficient use of energy. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about each of these two uh, types of efficiency, shall we say, and provide some context behind what it means. So the first uh, topic that I want to talk about is efficient movement. Efficient movement is where you, doesn't matter the exercise, on any given exercise, you are using the correct joints. You are using the desired muscle groups without your body compensating or recruiting other muscle groups. So this is where, for example, if you are doing a squat, there are some fundamental principles of good movement, of movement efficiency. There is movement at the hips, knees, and the ankles. The knees should be tracking the toes, as in they face the same direction. The hips are externally rotated and abducted, so we're using the glutes, which also help to create a strong, stable base at the feet and guide the knees in the direction we want them. The torso or the trunk is stable. We are using those core muscles to help solidify and make sure there is minimal movement between your hips and shoulders. That's your torso, your trunk, your core, if you will. That part of your body, we don't actually really want to move a great deal. That's what's called neutral spine is where you hold your back in a certain position throughout movement. And neutral is a relative term. There will, for each individual person, there is a range of acceptability. 
or an acceptable range, I should say, of neutral. Anything outside that kind of range, that's where we can start to run into trouble with the lower back, whether it be the hips, the knees, upstream or downstream. But this is what we're looking for, efficient movement. If you are doing a specific exercise, there are some joints you want to be moving, and there are some joints you do not want to be moving. There are specific muscles or groups of muscles that we want to fire and we want to produce the power, the energy, the force to contract the muscle and lift the weight. And there are some muscle groups we don't want to be involved. And this is what I mean by compensation. Your body compensating. Let's say, for example, let's say, for example, you have weak hamstrings. If you're doing a Romanian deadlift, if your hamstrings are very weak, you might start compensating by arching your lower back to bring you back up to standing as opposed to pushing your hips through. Maybe your hamstrings and your glutes are very weak and they haven't yet mastered the movement pattern. That would be inefficient in terms of your technique and your movement. We have other joints and other muscle groups chipping in to do work that desired muscles should be doing i.e. hamstrings, glutes. Okay? When we're talking about efficient movement, we also want to understand that we want the weight or the load to move the shortest distance possible. That is efficient. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. If we have, just on a blank piece of paper, if you have point A and point B, the shortest distance is a direct line, it's a straight line. If you start drawing all these squiggly lines and loops and you start going to the right and to the left and you go up and you go down and then you eventually get there, that's not very efficient, is it? The same thing is true for how you move and how you perform exercises. You want it to be as efficient as possible, which typically means it travels the shortest distance. I'm gonna take the deadlift, for example. Let's just use a straight bar, you've got some weights, you've got some plates attached to the bar and you've got to do a deadlift, you have to stand it up. When that barbell drifts away from your body, it is now an inefficient bar path, meaning the bar is traveling a greater distance than necessary. When the bar starts drifting away from your body, it then has to come back in to the body. So again, that's not a direct line, it's not a straight line, it starts going out and then it's gonna be pulled back in. That is inefficient and it is also a safety issue. When the bar starts drifting away from your body forward, it places more stress on your lumbar spine. And like I mentioned, it is an unwanted bar path. So this is when, where you are performing a barbell deadlift, you want the bar against your shins. You want the bar as close to your body as physically possible. So that when you take the slack out of the bar and you push the floor away, the bar is basically being pulled up your legs. And then on the descent, it is pushed down your thighs. Soon as that bar starts to get away from you, it is less efficient. The technique is no longer as good and muscles and joints, which shouldn't be working that hard or doing that job, start having to do those jobs. I hope that makes sense. So the principles of good movement are adhered to. That's what I'm talking about with efficient movement. Some main things to look out for and think about when you're moving. Do you have a neutral spine? Yes or no? 
Is it rounded? Is it overly arched? Or is it some form of neutral or, in air quotes, straight? Or straightish, neutral. I do understand the spine has S-curves, but is it neutral for you? Are your knees tracking the toes? So this is something I see a lot in the form of lunges. Knees collapsing inward. It's called valgus, knee valgus. Feet collapse, which pulls the knee inside, which internally rotates the hip. Knees do not have a very large capacity for rotation. They are not designed to twist. The knee joint is designed to bend and straighten. So if you are doing a lunge, are your knees traveling forwards? Are they being pushed out or are they falling and collapsing inwards? Are your joints stacked? So stacking is where you have one joint placed directly upon another. So let's think about, for example, I'm gonna use a few different examples so you can kind of paint this picture in your head as I go through it. Uh, let's think about a, a strict press or a dumbbell press, that's a better one. Two dumbbells, one, on, one in each hand, you're pressing those dumbbells up overhead. When you press those dumbbells, the finish position, when you lock your elbows out, should be a set of stacked joints. In a straight line, you should see your ankles, then knees, hips, shoulders, elbows, wrists. From a side view, they should all form one straight line. This is called stacking. This is the position where you can apply the most amount of weight, or you can lift the most amount of weight, and also have the greatest amount of stability. So if those weights that you have in your hands are being pressed forwards, and we take a still shot, if we take a photo of that, there's no longer a straight line, is there? That's not an efficient path for the dumbbells or the weights to be traveling, is it? And again, it places excessive and unwanted pressure on the shoulder joint and also the lumbar spine. So if your body will have to compensate to hold your body in somewhat of a strong or stable position, so you're going to want to arch your back and then kind of pull those weights back, which isn't going to end well, especially if you do it on a regular basis. So we've got neutral spine, knees follow the toes, stacking joints. And the last one I want to use is what's called a packed shoulder. So a packed shoulder, this can be used in a variety of different exercises, but this is essentially where you centrate the shoulder joint in the socket. It is where your shoulder is actually a part of and connects to your body. Things like chin-ups or pull-ups, for example. If you grab a hold of a bar and you just hang, you let your feet come off the ground and you just hang, you think of having a long spine, the grip is there, everything's loose. And you, what you will find is that your shoulders are fairly close to your ears. It's like a shrug motion. This is an unpacked shoulder. The shoulder is not stable within the joint. It is not capable of dealing with or having a large amount of load placed through it. So the way we do that is by, so let's say you are doing a pull-up or a chin-up. You would need to start the movement with what is called a scapular pull-up. What you do from that dead hang, holding onto the bar, you want to think of pulling your shoulder blades down in towards your back pockets. Another way to think about this is anti-shrugging. So if you shrug your shoulders up, do the reverse action. You will notice that the shoulders now become part of your body. They connect to the torso. You initiate a pull-up 
with a shoulder. Uh, losing the word. But basically, you're packing the shoulder. You're bringing the shoulder into the socket, and then you continue the pull. Okay? Shoulder blade uh, depression is what it's called. When you shrug, that's elevation. When you anti-shrug, that's depression. Shoulder blades down, connected to the body. Doing these things, regardless of the movement, using good movement patterns and using efficient movement will help you stay healthy and it will help you keep your joints safe and stable to support the load. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's a bodyweight push-up, whether it's 150 kilo back squat, whether it is a broomstick good morning, whatever it is, if you adhere to efficient movement principles, you will stay healthy, fit, and strong for a long time to come. Next, we have what is called energy efficiency. So I want you to think about this uh, like you're driving a car. Let's say you've got a powerful V8 car, now, in order for that car to go the fastest and produce high levels of power and acceleration, let's say you're at a red light and you've pulled up next to somebody and you think, I'm going to smoke them. I'm going to absolutely crush these guys off the line. Vroom, vroom. You're ready to rock. In order for you to produce a lot of power, accelerate really quickly and move from that start line down the road very fast, you are going to have to use a lot of fuel or in this case, energy. Foot hits the floor, bang, you're gone. This is the exact same thing when you're lifting weights. You would never keep your foot down that uh, pedal to the floor for a long period of time. You do it to get you know a couple hundred meters up the road, then you back off. Same thing when you're lifting weights, when you're strength training. You're working for a short time period. The goal of completing your repetitions should be to apply as much force into the weights as possible for the designated or the prescribed number of reps. Then you rest, then you recover, and then you repeat that process. Because you're not gonna be pressing weights, you're not gonna be lifting weights for hours and hours on end. You're gonna lift for you know, 5, 10, 3, 12, 20 reps, whatever it is, and then you're gonna relax, you're gonna rest, your body's gonna produce more ATP for power so that you can repeat that process and you do it over and over again. Work, rest, work, rest, work, rest. That's how it works. So the goal is not to conserve or save energy. We're not storing and saying, I'll save it for later. No, no, no. If your job or your task right now is to complete five squats, I don't want you to conserve any energy. I want you to use all of your energy and put it into those five squats. Don't conserve energy and save it for later. Focus on the set that you have right now, right in front of you. Don't worry about the other three, four, five exercises that come afterwards. Worry about the set that is right here in front of you. And do the best you can and use the most amount of energy to get the most out of that set you can. An example I'll give you, this is a very common one, and I've seen this all the time, and my clients talk to me about what they see in commercial gyms, and it's it's, a very, it's very common. It's a kettlebell swing. So let's say, for example, you're doing a set of 10 kettlebell swings. So you do your 10, you park the kettlebell, you stand off, shake it out, and you're like, oh, they felt good. If I was to then ask you, 
How many more would you be able to do? I did 10. Yeah, I could probably do another 10. So I, I could probably do 20 in a row. You might pat yourself on the back and think, yeah, I'm, I'm hot shit. I can, do, I can do an extra 10. Go me. Woo That's awesome. But here's the deal. I don't want you to save the extra energy for another 10. All I want is 10. So I want you to take that stored or that backed up energy that you're reserving and I want you to put that extra power into the original 10 swings. If I'm saying 10, I want 10 of your best. I want 10 of your most powerful swings. If it's five push-ups, I don't want you to just slowly go through the motion. I want you to actively pull yourself into the bottom and dynamically press yourself away from the floor. Don't save the power, use it. By putting more force into the weights, by being more aggressive in your repetitions, you will produce more power. This, in turn, makes your muscles work harder. It makes them produce energy and contract faster. And it also burns a higher amount of calories per unit of time. Like I said with the kettlebell swings, the kettlebell swing is not a slow movement. It is not designed to be done slowly. It is designed to be done rapidly. For any of you science guys out there, or who like a bit of uh, scientific sort of mathematics, I'm not the most mathematically gifted person, but this is what we need to remember. Force equals mass times acceleration. In order for you to produce more force or to become more powerful, i.e. stronger, you need to do one or two things. You need to lift a heavier load, so over time, gradually increasing the weight or the resistance and or move the weight faster. In the case of the kettlebell swing, it's not the heaviest weight you can possibly swing. It's a generally a, a moderate weight, but it is moved rapidly. I don't want you to move slowly. It's an explosive exercise. Push the hips through, stand up in a nice tight plank, do your 10, park the bell. Rest, when it comes time for the next set, Give me another 10 powerful swings. Don't hold back. Condense all of your power. Crush it and put it in a little box and say, these 10 swings, this is all I've got. This is all the power I've got. I'm going to put it right into those 10 swings. If you do that, you will get better results and you will get them faster than if you conserve those extra 10 reps for a later, uh, a later set. And this is where I hammer on and on about it. And it kind of boggles my mind that more people don't think this way, but maybe it's because I think a little bit laterally or I think outside the box or I think about things in more detail, perhaps. Resistance training, by definition, at its core, is to overcome an external load or resistance. So by reducing the load or conserving your energy, that does not fit the description of resistance training. It now becomes efficient training. I don't want to be efficient. I want to be inefficient. I hope that makes sense. It's a small distinction here. Efficient movement, inefficient energy output. We're not conserving energy. We're using the most amount of energy per rep, per set, to get more out of them. So I suppose the question is, I ask this to a lot of people as well. Would you rather do 20 different exercises 
Or would you rather do five exercises and get the same results or better results by doing five? And this is where if you are doing those 20 exercises or you're doing all of this different stuff, every single exercise that you do, your output is diminished. It goes down. Your power output goes down. 20 different things, you have to reduce your power because you've got 20 different fucking things to do. But if you've got five things, you can focus all of your energy, your attention, your brain power into those five exercises. Yes, I want you to move well and I want you to move efficiently. But at the same time, I want you to work as hard as your technique allows. So again, that is a high energy output. So technique wise, you are efficient. In terms of energy output or effort, it is inefficient. You're trying to burn the most amount of calories. And this is where people with fat loss goals get stuck. If you are in the mindset of, I want to do the least amount possible, I want to save as much energy as possible, you're not going to get anywhere. Your process is going to be much longer and it's going to drag on far longer than it needs to be. The less energy that you expend, the longer it will take you to create a calorie deficit and lose weight and burn body fat. And with a different goal in mind, building muscle requires you. This is this is non-negotiable. This is not a suggestion. This is what it fucking takes. Building muscle requires you to overload your muscles. Overload means to do more than the previous. You have to do more reps or more sets or lift more weight or increase the time under tension. That is inefficient. It is not an efficient way of doing things. That is good. This is what you should be striving for. To wrap things up, guys. I know I get a little bit overzealous here or a little bit, uh, I get passionate. It's because I care. Like this stuff, it actually means a lot to me. And this is how I actually personally uh, train. This is how I think about things. When I'm doing a set of presses, swings, get-ups, doesn't matter. I'm trying to get the absolute most out of every single fucking rep I can. Because if I can get the results in a shorter time period, I'm going to do that every single day of the week. I don't want to spend three hours in the gym. I love the gym. I've been in gym since I'm 16, 13 years consistently. But I know that if I put in more effort, I'm going to get better results in less time. That sounds really appealing to me. And I hope it sounds appealing to you as well. So I want you to use the best technique you possibly can. This will allow you to move efficiently. And by doing so, you will actually have the capacity to lift heavier weights or the same weight more easily, which means your ceiling, your potential to progress and improve gets higher and higher. If you're stuck with the same shitty technique, how are you ever gonna progress? You're not gonna be able to lift heavier weights because you're moving inefficiently, it's ineffective. Better technique will allow you to do more things run faster, jump higher, lose more body fat, build more muscle, all because your body is moving better and you are using the progressive overload principle. Again, it's not a suggestion. This is what's required. This is what the goals demand of you.
So to finish off guys, technique first. Always, you should always be striving to improve your technique. Doesn't matter if you've been in the game or lifting weights for a week, a month, a year, a decade, it does not matter. You can always improve and fine tune your technique. But once you've got that down pat and to a really high standard, this is what I want you to do. Once your technique is solid, once you understand this is how I should be doing things, I understand it from a conceptual standpoint, this is what I should be doing. Yes, I feel like I'm doing it. Yes, this is actually what I am doing. Once you get to that point, I want you to turn cruise control off and eliminate the economy mode. We are not saving energy, we are using it. So with that in mind, it's time for you to get to fucking work. Economy mode, no more, good movement, work fucking hard. If you loved the wake up call, found it entertaining or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.